Welcome to The Common Round. Medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And joining us today is our executive producer, Gautam. Thanks for joining us again today. Uh, previously, we covered a topic on alcoholic liver disease, and we thought a good follow-on topic is actually this thing called non-alcoholic liver disease. Which is a very confusing it topic is. on the outset, unless you, you, know, you look into it and you realize, hey, it's not that bad. No, exactly. When so it's going to be a short talk today because there isn't that much to talk about. Probably five minutes. I think one of the interesting things was about it was when they first discovered the, this disease, researchers didn't quite believe in it, in it because when they, they looked under the microscope, they saw, oh, this liver looks exactly like someone who who's been drinking lots of alcohol. Despite the fact that these patients didn't have a history of alcohol and or chronic exposure. As anymore. Dr. House would say, every patient lies. So they assumed that these patients were lying until they found people who actually never have drank alcohol before. So, yep, there's this new classification called non-alcoholic liver diseases, which yeah. is our topic today. So, Hamid. Yeah, okay, look, um, the whole point of, of this talk is to try to clarify some of the confusion around this this disease. Unfortunately, the, the pathogenesis of the condition isn't really well understood. Mm -hmm. It's thought to to maybe be related to insulin resistance, metabolic syndromes, um, you know, hyperlipidemia, all the sort of things that we worry about when it comes to cardiovascular risk factors, but it's not really well understood. And as you mentioned, some of the changes that occur in the liver or most of the changes that occur in the liver are indistinguishable between that and alcoholic liver disease okay. or alcoholic hepatitis. So what do we know? Who is at risk? In terms of people at risk, it's uh, individuals who have, you know, high cholesterol, suffer okay. from type 2 diabetes, essentially the, the metabolic syndrome sort of spectrum of, of patients are, yeah. are at risk. That's really all that's known is, is the fact that there is this association, but the pathogenesis isn't really well understood. So Andy, what sort of clinical features or investigations are warranted in these sort of patients? In terms of the clinical features, I would expect them to be quite similar to people with alcoholic liver disease. Um, so, so do LFTs, liver function tests, play a role in that? They certainly will, because if you if you if we look at the LFTs, we would expect ALT, AST, T's to be um, increased because there's hepatocyte death and so yeah, that so would cause these markers to, yeah. to go up. On the other hand we, in terms of investigations we, instead of doing a biopsy you can do a ultrasound Yeah, because I think that liver is a bit more echogenic than, than a healthy liver so that can be a marker of something going on Exactly. Was there any other ones? Like, what a, I don't know, do you, do you, would you do a biopsy in these sort of patients? A biopsy would certainly show the pretty uh, fatty deposits but I don't, I think that's yeah. a yeah, over the top. It is invasive, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. In terms of clinical features, I guess most of these patients are walking around not realizing they've got liver disease until something else causes their liver to become significantly dysfunctional. But I guess they're probably presenting with, you know, this sort of vague upper, um, right upper quadrant pain, you know, all okay. the other sort of symptoms that yep. we may come to expect, you know, tiredness, and fatigue. I, I guess from the at-risk population, we can probably assume that the patient would also have a large body habitus, be quite big, yeah. with metabolic syndrome-like presentation. Day. Yeah, exactly. We kind of talked about the clinical features and investigations. What about management? What can we do to treat these patients? Uh, with alcoholic liver disease, if we stop the alcohol intake, the liver will recover. So I presume with this one, if we try to keep their cholesterol levels, their their weight under control, there might be some sort of hope in actually reversing these damages. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I don't think there is any really proven <coughs> treatments for it aside from managing the risk factors. You know, managing risk factors for hypertension, for diabetes, for obesity that you mentioned. Yeah. So yeah optimizing the uh, anti-lipid therapies, yep. blood pressure therapies. Yep. And is the prognosis for this condition better than alcoholic or is it the same or is it different? 
I think it's actually better than the alcoholic hepatitis. So there's actually less than 25% of progress into cirrhosis in a 10, a 7 to 10 year period. Uh, alcoholic liver disease was a bit worse than that. Yeah, it? I think it was, um, especially if they're in towards the, um, the later stages of alcoholic liver disease. Other sort of things that could worsen the situation is if their risk factors aren't well managed or if they suddenly have, let's say, hepatitis B or hepatitis C, mm-hmm. that can then worsen the liver function and, and drive them into full blood hepatic injury but aside from that i think it generally has a good prognosis with adequate intervention that pretty much is non-alcoholic liver disease yep. do you have anything else that you want to add probably just two terminologies we commonly hear this term called nafld that stands for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and i think that over- encompasses the entire spectrum of what these presentations can look like and under this there's a subcategory called nash called non-alcoholic steatohepatitis essentially it's just hepatitis it's kind of like alcohol alcoholic hepatitis but of a non-alcoholic cause so nash non-alcoholic hepatitis beautiful should we do a summary now andy of course so non-alcoholic liver disease has a similar microscopic and macroscopic appearance to alcoholic liver diseases except it's the at-risk population is a bit different it's completely non-alcoholic caused and the people who are at risk are people who are obese have high lipid levels have hypertension they and that's about it actually i think so yeah and the fact that the management involves just those lifestyle management and minimizing the risk factors you know cholesterol blood pressure diabetes and hopefully they eventually have a, a better outcome and recover from the condition is there anything else you want to add no but thank you again for joining yeah, us thank you very much and we'll catch up with you next time